Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm so glad you've uh, tuned in today. Hey, I know that today is New Year's Eve, so we're going to have a good time. Are you ready for 2024? Well, ready or not, it's coming at you. And so I just wanted to ask, uh, how's 2023 been for you and for your family? I pray that even though perhaps there have been challenges, that there have also been blessings in there. And so I pray that uh, God will just open to you a brand new avenue of blessings and uh, so forth as you go into the new year. But sometimes as we start a new year, maybe we're looking for direction. And so that's what I want to talk about. You know, it says of Abraham in Hebrews eleven eight that he went out not knowing where he was going. Later in Romans four sixteen, it says that he is the father of us all. I wonder if some of us are absolutely following exactly in his footsteps in the sense that we do not have a clue where we're going. I think it can be better than that. I believe that God wants us to know uh, what his will is. He wants to lead us and to guide us. So if you've hit a wall right here at New Year's Eve and you're asking God, Lord, what what should I do? What, what do you want me to do in 2024? Then I want you to ask God for direction, and I believe he'll give it to you. I believe that his will is sort of like a window. And so I want you to look into the window. I think a great place to start would be Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. Let me read those verses and uh, give a few pointers that have stood out to me that I hope will be a blessing to you. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. What a great passage that I feel will get us on the right right road to finding the right direction. 
Let me share with you a few points that stand out to me from this great passage. The first one is the affirmation of the will of God. Did you hear how he started? He said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. You know, some translations use the word beseech. But he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, because, you know what? We can't make others do God's will. But you know what we can do? We can urge others toward God's will. And so I'm wondering right now, has God placed someone in your life and that person is helping you to uh, discover more of the direction that God wants you walking in in your life, especially in 2024? You know, if you're uh, still living at home and you're a student or you're a child, then I would think that your parents can definitely help in giving direction uh, to you. But I, I do think that God will use different people. You know, if you were to go to the book of Proverbs, often in there it says over and over again the value and the merit of seeking wise counsel from others. So I would say one thing that we can listen for if we're looking for God's will is how to know uh, God wants me to go in this way, or God wants me to go that way. Listen to what the people that he's placed in your life, what are they saying to you? You know, how did Timothy know that he needed to go with the Apostle Paul on a mission trip? Well, in Acts 16, it says he knew he was supposed to go because Paul chose him. Paul wanted him to go with him. And so just listen and look for where is God placing the affirmation in a specific direction. But this verse also introduces us to a second principle of guidance. Not only the people that God may be using to affirm the direction of his will, but how about the motivation to do God's will? What made it motivates you the most in terms of the direction of God's will? Is there something that you can identify? Uh, what about what motivates you the least in the direction of God's will? There are things that we need to identify in both of those categories. But I notice what he says here next. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. By the mercies of God. You know, I really think that we are a people of mercy. You know, whenever we come to know Christ, we are not in God's family. We are not following Christ because we're perfect. All of us have made mistakes, but God in his mercy, God in his grace has cleansed us and washed us. And so I know that even though maybe you would say, yeah, I really made a lot of bad decisions and bad choices in my life. What about this coming year? Why don't you seek God on the front end and say, Lord, I would really like to know what you want me to do. But have you ever noticed how that word in this text is in the plural? Yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies, plural, the mercies of God. So what does that mean, the mercies of God? Well, I think that it means over and over again, God has been gracious to us. God has been merciful to us. Why should you surrender and yield control of your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Well, I would say because he loves you despite all your faults. 
I would say because he's forgiven you of all your faults. Isn't that enough of a reason? I sometimes wonder if praise and worship all by itself, as we put our focus on God, it is a great incentive to want to obey God, to want to stay in the center of his will. So I would say definitely we find motivation in the direction of the will of God by just focusing on God's mercy, focusing on God's faithfulness. Uh, There's so many different ways that we could see our way forward by looking carefully at who the Lord is. Well, let's move to a third principle, and that would be the preparation for the will of God. Are you preparing to do what God wants you to do this year? If you are, how are you preparing? What's the best way to be prepared for whatever it is that God has planned? You know, I used to watch a an old show years ago when I was uh, a teenager, and I think they've revived it, but it's called Let's Make a Deal. Is it sort of like Let's make a deal. You you want to see what it is, and then you'll decide if that's what you want or if you want something different. Or is there something else that God would say? How about these words? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Wow, that's amazing. So you mean to tell me that the best way to prepare for God's will is to surrender to Him even before I know it? Yes, I am. The presentation of our life, the presentation of our heart, presentation of our will to Him, our personal will, I think that's very key. But notice that surrender is sort of like a first step when He said, present your bodies. But then the next thing would be where He says, a living sacrifice. Are you willing to say, Lord, I want to be a living sacrifice? I remember a long time ago when I was a youth, my youth minister said, you know what the problem with a living sacrifice is? And we all said, no, we don't know what the problem with living sacrifices are. He said, they crawl off the altar. They don't stay up there. And so definitely we have to every day say, Lord, I really want you to be Lord of my life. I want to surrender my life to you. I think that's very important. And then notice what he says next. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And so I'm thinking, what does he mean by holy? He definitely would speak to the sacredness of life. That I would say, okay, if I want to know God's will, if I want to stay in God's will, then I definitely need to obey God's word. I need to try as best I can to live for the Lord and not make compromises and so forth, which I think is also a part of this whole thing when he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, as I'm presenting my life to him, I'm also being transformed to be more like Jesus Christ all the time. And so what a a joy that is to say, okay, I'm more like the Lord this year than I was last year. Can you say that about 2023? Would you say that in 2023, you grew from 2022? Well, definitely we should present our uh, lives to Him and we should say, Lord, help me to live it out. Help me be transformed. 
But I noticed something here in these next verses when it brings up distractions from the will of God. Are there any distractions from the will of God? Well, I would think of at least two. I would think of worldliness and selfishness. Worldliness and selfishness. He says that we should not be conformed to this world. Do you know that society and the ways of the world, they kind of have molds, like you put, uh, you know, uh, plaster Paris in or something like that. It's going to take the shape of the mold. Well, they want to shape your life. But then I think about what it says in verse 3, that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. And I thought, well, that's not talking about worldliness. That's talking about selfishness, especially being self-centered. Do you know that really that these two forces are competing for your life and my life? Sometimes the question we're asking is, what do they want from me? Other times the question is, what do I want? But I want to give you a third question before you enter into 2024 tomorrow. How about asking this question? What does God want of my life? What does God want to do through my life? I think that's a better question than trying to say, what do all these people want? What does the world want me to be? And what does the world want me to do? Or thinking more on a fleshly angle, what about myself? It's my life or to be able to do what I want to do. But you see, this passage calls us to resist those moles of the world. And it calls us to renew the mind in the word. I think that's what he's referring to when he says that we should be transformed. He says we should be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Uh, How does that happen? I think that happens as we spend time with God every day. If you've never thought of doing this, let me give you um, sort of a suggestion, recommendation that you can consider, okay? Why don't you make a decision now that you're going to spend some time every day in the new year reading in God's Word? And then how about adding to that, you know, uh, buying a journal? You don't have to get something real expensive, but something that's just... uh, plain, got a lot of lines on it. And as you go through your year, you could write down whatever it is that God says to you. You know, his word is living and active and he will guide us as we uh, trust him. But then I was looking beyond the distractions from the will of God and the preparation for the will of God and the motivation toward the will of God and the affirmation of the will of God to looking at the confirmation, confirmation that, hey, this is it. We are within God's will. Sometimes that requires waiting, doesn't it? So I got to looking and I thought, how do you do that? What does he say here? That we should, uh, by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Sometimes it uses the word prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's almost like we have two different things going on in this passage. One is proving the will of God or testing the will of God. The other one is profiling the will of God. How do we do that? How can you discover what God's will is? You know, in Acts 16.10, 
the apostle Paul was able to discern what God's will was for him. He said, we know that God has called us to preach the gospel to those people over there, speaking of the people in Macedonia. But how can you test it? A long time ago, I read in a book by Charles Stanley uh, some interesting, uh, an interesting uh, comparison. Let's call it that. Sort of like a metaphor illustration. But what he said was, I think that God's will is not just one thing. It's whenever things start lining up and they're all pointing in the same direction. And he said that he went to take some photographs on an island in the Caribbean. This island was known for uh, salt. It would export salt all around the world. But they noticed that there was a problem. Over time, the bay where the salt ships would come in from around the world, that bay began to get more and more shallow. So how were they going to tell the people where the deepest channel of the bay was so that they wouldn't run their ship aground? You know what they did? They put a series of five telephone posts straight in a row, and those telephone posts were all lined up with that deep channel. So whenever a sea captain was trying to bring his salt ship in to pick up a load of uh, salt to take to his country, what they would get it translated into that, that language, what they were to do was just align your ship so that rather than seeing five posts, you see one post because that will be the navigational point that you need to approach our island on. And so he said it worked. And so I thought, wow, I can see that God would do that in our lives. What are the posts that God might line up to kind of confirm, yes, this is what God wants? Let me share with you what I've learned in my life. I would say one of those posts, and perhaps the most important, is the Word of God. What is God's Word saying? And then what about this one? What about prayer? Are you praying that God would guide you? And as you pray, do you feel that there's a red flag or do you feel a sense of peace and rightness? I think that that peace and rightness is also something that's very important. Whenever I was going to go to serve as a missionary in Japan, I'll never forget that they said one of the things they listen for when they're interviewing potential missionaries is for those who express a sense of oughtness or a sense of rightness. There comes a point in someone's life when they're so sure. It's like they know this is what I have to do. This is what I ought to do. This is the right thing to do with my life. That's an indication, my friend, you're walking in God's flow. You're walking in the direction that God would want you to go in. I would say the Holy Spirit. You know, definitely the Holy Spirit led the Apostle Paul, once again, going back to Acts chapter 16, you should read in there how the Holy Spirit said, don't go that way, Paul. Oh, don't go that way, Paul. And then God made it clear he was to go to Macedonia. So I think the Spirit of God, he's real. He's a person. So God can let us know that you are indeed walking in the direction of his will. I would say another thing is obedience. Doesn't that sound strange? Obedience, I'm trying to find out what God's will is. Yeah, I know. But you know, who do you think that God is going to guide the person who's obeying him 
with what he already knows to be his will or the person who's disobeying him in what he already knows to be God's will. See what I'm saying? I think sometimes also circumstances could be a post and then counsel from others could be another post. There's so many different things, but just know that God is definitely able to confirm that we are walking in the right direction. And once again, I'm saying it may take time. It may not be quickly, but I do believe that God can help you to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When I was thinking about that profile for God's will, you know, some people think, I don't want to do God's will. He's going to make me miserable. He's going to send me somewhere where I don't want to go. Is that really the way our God is? That's not God. You know, I think that God's will is just right for you, and it's just right for me. As a matter of fact, when I'm miserable, most likely I'm out of God's will. But whenever I'm in God's will, it is such a good fit. It's just like if you had a tailor-made jacket and they put it on you and you can't believe how wonderfully it fits. Well, it fits because the tailor, he took the time to measure it and he made that jacket according to the specifications. Wow, I definitely think that's some of those posts that God could use to confirm the will of God. Let me give you one last one that's found in verses four through eight. You know, he talks about we are members of the body of Christ and that God's given us gifts. You know, I do think that God will use other people to help us to understand what God's will is. It's not likely that we're going to be out there all by ourselves and nobody's ever going to be used of God to help us understand what God wants. No, I think it's more likely that the formation for the will of God will be the people of God working underneath the sovereignty of God, and God's going to use them to help us get to where he wants us to go. But notice also that there's an importance here that is stressed upon gifts. He says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. You know, I think there's two things involved there. One would be understanding what our gifts are. The other one would be using the gifts that we've been given. Do you understand what gifts God's given you? Are you using the gifts that God has given you? Some say this is a basic list that you probably have one of these gifts that are mentioned in these closing verses. Maybe you'll want to take some time after this podcast and just say, you know what, I'm going to look that over and see which one of those I might have. I know for me, I feel like that God's given me a gift of exhortation. It's not hard work for me to try to encourage other people. There's something that's very natural and God-given. It's like a passion that God has placed within my life. I enjoy uh, helping others to discover His will. I enjoy uh, encouraging them on their walk with the Lord. So what is it? Is it generosity? You know, is it giving? Or what about leading? What about mercy? You know, my wife has been given the gift of mercy. And you know what? We can come home from some fellowship or party or some uh, church gathering, and she'll say, did you notice that so-and-so was hurting? And I'll say, no, I didn't notice that. It's that gift of 
mercy. They have incredible discernment to know when someone's hurting. And so we need to, uh, to allow them to use their gifts. But have what gifts have you been given? You know, look that li- list over. Is it teaching? Is it serving? Some people are the greatest Christians I know. Man, they're in the background. They don't even want to be in the spotlight. They don't want to be on a stage. They would much rather be uh, in the background fixing something. So find out what your gift is and use it. Just a reminder along the lines of spiritual giftedness, spiritual giftedness does not equal spiritual maturity. I want to encourage you to keep growing in Christ. When you finish out 2023, I pray that you would keep growing and maturing. That's why we take time to look at God's Word every time we're together, because I really believe God will use His Word to help us to mature and to grow in grace. And so I pray that that's taking place in your life this year. Well, that's all I wanted to share today from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Once again, to recap, who are the people in your life already that are going to help to affirm the direction of God's will? What is it that God has revealed to you about himself that you would say, you know what? He doesn't have to beg me. He doesn't have to drive me to do his will. I am so highly motivated already because of how good he's been. Have you ever thought of just presenting your body a living sacrifice? You know, I think that's one of the things we can prepare. While you don't know the will of God, why not prepare to do it by surrendering your life? But then look for areas in your life that happened in 2023 that have been a distraction. They're actually a disruption to what God wants to accomplish. And then there's the confirmation of the will of God. Do you see any certain posts, spiritual markers, let's say, that are beginning to line up and they're pointing in the same direction? I would look for clusters. Maybe it's not all of the things that I mentioned, but whenever the Word is saying something, peace is saying something, the Holy Spirit, uh, maybe counsel, circumstances, take that seriously. God may be showing you this is the will that I have for you. This is the plan. But then also look at who God made you to be. Who did he form you to be? What are your gifts? What are your abilities? I think his plan is going to be in the direction of some of those gifts. Well, thanks again for listening to Growing Grace, not just this time, but every time. Every time, each time that you have listened, I pray that God has blessed you. And so let's close in prayer and ask God to bless us as we all enter into 2024. Lord, thank you so much for the blessings of uh, the past year, 2023. Uh, Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for helping us. Lord, maybe for some of us, you helped us out at some tight spots. But Lord, we're looking toward a new year now, and we want you to be Lord. We want to surrender our lives. We want to ask for guidance. So please guide all of my friends that are listening. Lord, I don't know what they're looking for guidance on. Maybe they don't even know. But I do know that they're wanting to go in your direction. That's why they're listening to this, is they're interested in learning more from you and uh, learning more of your will for their lives. But mainly, help them keep growing in grace. Grace is mentioned several times in this passage, Lord. And where would we be without your grace? 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Pray that God has blessed you. You have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.